what would be the most exciting thing that you could do every single day of your life? And then you're going to get an answer that seems so crazy. It's going to feel like they will never happen or it's so foreign to you or it's not possible or you don't have a network for that yet. And it's like, I can tell you with everything that I've done that's like new, you really only know your next couple steps. And sometimes step one and two both are Google it. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Queens, welcome to the Divine Loving Podcast. Today you are in for such a special human. I'm so excited about this conversation. We have Lori Harder in the house, and I'm sure you already know who she is, but just in case you have been living under a rock, she is, I'm going to start with my favorite, a 10 time cover model. Sorry to start with that one, Lori, but it's my like <laughs> ultimate favorite. She happened to be a three-time world fitness champion as well, has 24 million downloads on her Earn Your Happy podcast, author of A Tribe Called Bliss, runs multiple masterminds. And what we're going to be discussing today is also the founder of Light Pink, the just beautiful, beautiful rosé seltzer line that she's got going on. Lori, welcome to the podcast. Wow. Thank you. Um, and I know that you know this, but when people intro you, you're just like, huh, <laughs> like over a long period of time. And that's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. So very, very like excited to be here. Congratulations on your podcast. Welcome to the world of podcasting. You're going to be ep like you already are epic, but like you are just so made for having conversations for people to listen to every week. They're going to, mm. it's going to be amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been so much fun so far. And I feel like that's going to be the theme of our conversation of women doing big business and having fun in it. Yeah. I think that the the grind, it was, it feels like a past era and it's like unnecessary and feel like we're like ushering in this new feminine way of, mm. of really doing big business, uh, making money. And that's what we're going to be diving into today. So I am so super curious on all things light pink. I want to mm. know like from the beginning, how did this even come to you? Was this your idea? Did someone come to you? Like, where did this start from? Oh, Gina. Okay. I'm going to rewind. Um, cause I think the initial idea was about two years ago, but it wasn't anything like what it is, is it's like, it was like a potential champagne company or something like that. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you, it was, I was winding down my book, like the, the second I had gone on two different book tours, kept it going for about a year because I wanted to get this book out in the world into a really big way because it was all about connecting women. And I knew that if they would just read this book, that they could launch their dreams and start the businesses of their dreams and finally get over all of the things that are holding them back in their relationships, which I think translates into holding yourself back in life um, because we really can't do this alone. So without relationships, it's like you're missing the biggest piece of like what you said, fun, Mm -hmm. which is really fun or excitement or joy is going to be the only thing that's going to pull you through the, the tough times and doing it with other people. So I just knew that, that I needed to spend a lot of time getting this book out into the world. So as this book was winding down and I was kind of coming into this place of, you know, I, I really reached a lot of milestones that I had always wanted to reach. And it was a really bizarre place for me because I spent most of my 20s telling myself I couldn't finish anything and I wasn't smart enough and all of those things. So in my thirties, when I kind of figured out a little bit of this magic formula of connecting with women, and that's how you get your dreams out um, and networking and masterminding and all of those mm -hmm. things that became my mission and, you know, did the events and got to do the books and got to do uh, just checking off all of the things. And uh, like I said, you wake up one day and it's a really freaking awesome, but weird place to be because all of your hopes and dreams have manifested. Mm -hmm. And I did not share this with anyone until recently, but I was in a place of like, it's almost when, as if when you achieve all those things and you don't keep 
dreaming big dreams, I was starting to wake up in a, a little bit of a panic. Like, I don't know what's next for me. And so I was looking at other people's careers and I was like, well, I guess if I've written a book and I'm a speaker and I, you know, help women, I guess it's just more events and more books. Well, I had just come off of a pretty, you know, what I didn't want to sign up for was being really lonely, like a, a lonely entrepreneur. Writing a book is really lonely. Oh, sister. No one can help you. So I was like, huh, I'm like writing about connection. I'm putting on these events, you know, all about connection, which is also can be a little bit lonely because you're kind of like putting things together on your own and, you know, you and your team. running alone and, and you have a great team, but you don't spend a ton of time with them while you're creating all of the, the content. So I was like, you know, as much as I love this, I am like so freaking passionate and teaching all these women how to connect and make sure they're collaborating on things. I was like, the next things I do, I want to make sure that it involves women, that my day to day, here's what was most important for me. My day to day involves collaboration. Love that. Um, and that it also like lifts women up, can potentially pay them. That was a big piece for me. I'm like, how could I get these women paid? or excited or show them that they can be supported. Uh, so I started asking all of these questions, like what is next for me and what came, I was like, I guess I'm going to write another book or do more events. And, and that wasn't giving me that same spark. And I recognized this in my life. I knew exactly what it was and I did not like it because I was like, Oh shit. The North am, wind was blowing. I am about to mix it all. I'm about to blow it all up again and start all over, which I was like, no, because I knew that I had to, because I was waking up, not excited. Like not, I, I was having trouble getting out of bed. And that's really, that, that's, un, that's a sign for me that I have overstayed my current purpose and it's mm. time to give it. Um, I was feeling tired around 3 PM every day. I was like really having to dig really deep for topics to talk about with, uh, you know, and teach with women and, that was unusual for me. And I was like, I'm recognizing these signs from before. This is not like what's wrong with me. This is not like true depression for me. I, I've been there that this was not it. This is like, you are staying in a chapter that is coming to a close and you need to start exploring what's next. And I knew it wasn't anything what I was doing. And, and I also know that in order for me to be challenged, AKA a human, in order for me to be happy, we need to be really challenged. And when I say happy, I just mean fulfilled and like purposeful work every single day. And with that, I was like, oh no, <laughs> I need to, this means it's another level, right? Um, this is a, what, let's just pause here for a moment. I mean, it's one thing to be doing something and like realize like, I don't really want to do that. And I don't like that. Or I'm in this funk. And so many other women are just like, well, let me brush myself off and just push through that and not pay attention, make themselves wrong, think that, mm. you know, what they're bored with is like, they just have to become more interested. And I love that not only did you pay attention to it and were aware of it, because so many women, then that's what leads to burnout of like, yeah. just not listening. But the fact that you knew that this was like, like when people don't know what's next, they're like freaked out. And you're like, I know it's something completely different. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, what? I, I want to say, because it's like, as much as I've recognized it, I still tried to resist it still, even after doing, I've pivoted probably like probably five or six really big times in my career. And, and with that said, Gina, I did that. Like I ignored it for a while. And I was, I, I had this night of like breakdown with my husband and I was like, I have like this great life. I feel so selfish. I feel terrible because I can't find the spark anymore. Like, I think it's gone. You know, no matter how much walking, working out, connecting with friends, soul diving, meditation, crystals, uh, <laughs> retreats, I was like, Mah. like, which you don't tell people because you feel like a jerk. And I was like, got it. I'm doing it. Like, I'm trying to push through, like you just said. I was literally trying to do everything. I was even trying to write another book. And it was like, it was, it was so, I, I can't explain it than trudging uphill through mud. Like I didn't have a connection with God, source, universe, whatever you believe. I couldn't get that. I was just like, 
okay, God, these crickets are awesome, but I'd love to like hear something from you. Mm-hmm. And instead of, I think like opening up a new question, which I did after this, I was just like staying in the same, like, what else do I need to get re-inspired about what I'm doing instead of what else do I need to be doing to get re-inspired? Amazing. And it was just like a moment for me where we went on, Chris and I went on a walk and everything in my life has been figured out on walks uh, for real. I, I just want to write a book that every single page just says, go for a walk. Um, <laughs> come back until you get your answer. And that's, it's going to be 300 pages and every page is going to say that. <laughs> and so we started walking and I asked the question, like if I had all the money, all the time and all the network in the world. So if I took out all the stops and I, I had no fear, what would I be doing? And I was like, I can't believe my answer right now. And it feels so stupid, but I would start like an alcohol company that was light. That was a better option. And it gave back to women. And I would have women involved in some way, like part of their business or company would be able to like own or be a partner or something in it. And I was like, maybe it's champagne or maybe it's like a, I was like, maybe it's a personal development, like brunch place that serves something. Like I had so many ideas. You have no idea. Like we were going to create a brunch spot where it was like part like empowering women, part champagne, part mingle. Thank God we didn't do that because of COVID. And that was right. But that's the long story of how this idea came through, which I think is, I think it's so important for people to hear. I wasn't just like, yeah, let's do a product. Cause then once I realized it was a product, I was like, Oh, Holy hell, this is, this is a whole new world. Totally different. So many people told me not to do it. I can't even tell you. Really? Um, Oh my God. So many people like, like industry experts. And I was like, but I'm not doing it the way that you think I'm going to do it. So it was really talking about number one, um, breaking into the alcohol industry is super challenging. You're dealing with people who launch with $25 million of marketing in a well-known brand. Like majority of these different companies that are launching are from companies who already have all of the marketing dollars. Um, number two, it's really male dominated. Like it's, it's extremely, it is, there are a few like alcohols and businesses right now and companies who are really trying to break the mold of how things were done. It's very much like a a boys club and who, you know, number three, it is like getting into retail and making sure that your brand is even well-known enough to be bought because you're renting space on a retail shelf. If you don't sell your stuff, you, they, you just essentially took up their retail space that did not make any money. So it was really interesting in the beginning to be, and that was the way that I initially thought I was coming into the market was through retail. And then I was like, wait, 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 that's not going to work at all. And I've always done online. What am I doing? Not looking at the online market. Well, we had a different product that was a seltzer and it was going to be rosé flavored, but it was with the base of a typical seltzer. So that means it was a beer base, which means I fall under beer laws. So that wasn't going to work because I can't ship. So I said, what would I need to be if I were to be able to ship and use the market that I already have? And we were like, could we do this in a wine base? Nobody else is doing it, but maybe we try it. So we totally flipped it on our formulator and I was like, no, throw it all out. We're doing something new. And they were like, okay, we've never done this. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. All right. But I just want to back it up a little bit. All right. So you, because when you said formulator, I'm like, hold, please. You're on your walk with Chris. You're like, okay, it's an alcohol something. You haven't done this before. (laughs) Like your family doesn't own vineyards and wines and like, this isn't like your family business. So it's like, how do you go from like, I want to start this thing that I have no idea how to do. Mm. Like what was like the next, do you like Google, like how to start alcohol company? (laughs) Like what did you do? Exactly when I Googled. Um, I Googled how to make like an alcohol brand and then how to formulate an alcoholic beverage. You'd be amazed at the great answers you get. (laughs) So great. I found my formulator. Like he was like number two on there from that. And I, so then I I asked around like, uh, you know, had people heard of them? Who did they work with before? So you just, so the first thing you do is, is find a formulator apparently. Yes. You find a formulator first. So that's what I did. I like went home and I allowed myself to play stupid idea time, which my friends, Rob and Kim Murgatroy always say, and it's given me so much freedom to be like stupid idea time. What would be the most exciting thing that you could do every single day of your life? And then you're going to get an answer that seems so crazy. It's going to feel like 
they will never happen or it's so foreign to you or it's not possible or you don't have a network for that yet. And it's like, I can tell you with everything that I've done that's like new, you really only know your next couple steps. And sometimes step one and two both are Google it. So um, <laughs> and that's just the truth, like I have pieced this thing together. I've been on so many calls. I ask everybody if they know anybody in this industry. I ask them if they'd be ever willing to connect me for, you know, a 15 to 30 minute call. I prepare my questions, you know, and one of my main questions for people, if I get to get the opportunity to talk to an expert, like if they give up their time, I tell them a little bit about the company. And then I say, if you were me, what would be your next step right now? Like, what would be your next move? All right. So hold, let's, let's okay. stop there. Cause now I want to go into like the psyche of women's minds. So, so many women are wired with the, but I don't want to bother anyone. And I don't want to ask, or I don't want to impose and like feeling squeamish for the ask. Did you have any squeamishness about? Yes. <laughs> oh, I still have it. Um, I just did a call last week that I had like gotten the opportunity to talk to somebody who was you know, at, at the tippy top of a company. And I was just like overwhelmed the fact that I got it in. And, and then, you know, right when I called her, I dropped the call and about three to five minutes in, it just kept cutting out. It was terrible. I could tell she was a little annoyed. Like you just got on this, like I gave up my time for this and you're like dropping this call. And I was number one, I felt so bad asking her. I felt so bad wasting her time. And I had to fight the feeling like I had tears in my eyes. I'm so glad it wasn't a Zoom call. And I said, look, your time is so valuable. This was an opportunity of a lifetime for me. So you do have to push through is what I'm trying to say. I said, is there any way that I could, you know, reschedule this for 10 minutes when I have a bitter signal? I am so sorry, um, you know, if I have wasted any of your time, but you have so so much wisdom that it would mean the world to me to be able to connect again. And she was like, Oh, honey, you're fine. Yes. Let's connect again. That's great. Oh. If it would have been a no, great. Like then I look like an a-hole. Okay. Been there before it's going to happen. And you move on and you do it again. Um, you send a nice apology letter and then you, you move on and you do it again. Well, and there's that, but then there's like, and here's the amazing thing about women, right? Like we ourselves are so squeamish. We're like, oh, I couldn't, and I don't want to, and embarrass or overimpose and ask. And yet, what do we love doing more? Helping. Than making introductions and helping. Like it's, um, actually I'll share something that nobody knows. And my team is probably going to go nuts that I'm revealing this. I just got an email yesterday that my audiobook is eligible for a Grammy. Oh my God. <laughs> and so uh, that's basically what I said when I got the email. But the only way that it could happen is if people who are in the academy who can vote for the academy, who can vote for its spoken word, whatever category. And so I'm like, I don't know anyone in the, in the music industry. It's like, I'm starting to think of like, who would I, and just the feeling and I'm like, Oh, I couldn't add, like the only people that my, and then I'm like, what if I just put it out there? And I'm like, Oh, what is it going to look like? But it's not going to happen if I don't. And so this squeamishness, we gotta, we gotta annihilate it. Because we need to talk about that because it, it's the only way. So first of all, congratulations. I like Thanks. felt tears and chills. It's going to be amazing. I feel it. And you're going to put it all out there so, so that it can especially go. Now. <laughs> it's out there. Good. Okay. Um, no, it's not. I said, especially now after this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are not going to get anywhere without asking, sharing, telling. And here's why this is so important that you understand what you're actually doing. Your vision includes other people. So I know that, you know, Gina, you talk about this all the time, but your vision isn't big enough if it doesn't include other people. And what happens is when we hold it back or when we get shy or when we don't tell people, you're actually cutting the vision off from what it is and you aren't going to get it because the vision's like, I'm so sorry, I love you, but you're kind of not deserving of the vision right now because I need you to expand and I need you to be bold and I need you to just get out there because I need people involved in it and you're not willing to ask and get those people involved. So I think we think like we're gifted with this vision just for us, but it's not. It's like you get to see it to include other people. And the only way to include other people is to speak it loud and proud, to get out there, to, you know, get people fired up, like enroll them in your vision because 
there's a lot of people without vision out there waiting for you to enroll them into yours. And and they were meant That's to be so yours good for the, the role they play. And we forget that, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, Gina, I have so many women enrolled in this vision who have like, you know, either created something epic for the brand, like helped me with the beautiful branding or ideas or, or these launch strategies and ideas or, or setting things up or who's going to be a big, a major player later on. And it's like, I can't imagine if I wouldn't have, and they're so excited for a new idea and a new company company. And right. It's and a privilege and an honor to be involved yeah. with, you know, as something that's aligned. It's, it's exactly. So Let's just, anybody listening right now, you are part of a bigger vision. So ask, ask for help and be generous and give help. So, all right. So now back to the formulator, you found your formulator and then what happened? Uh, Found the formulator and ended up doing some, so what you can do with a formulator is you can do samples like via, um, you can get on the phone with them. You can tell them what you like. First, what you do is you tell them what you like and what you're thinking. And from there, you can get on a call. I kind of tell them like even more about what you like, maybe, some, you know, different tweaks um, based off of things that you love. Um, so this this is great just applying to, to life with like women. We're like, mm, I, I don't even want to say what brand I love because I don't want to copy them. Guys, it's all just a replica of something else that you put your own spin on. So I named a bunch of brands that I loved. And I said, I'd like a mix between this, 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 and this. And um, let's see what we first come up with. So they sent me samples. And they were so bad. I cried. I was like, Oh no, but here's the thing. Like they warned me it would take a while, but I didn't care. I wanted something good in the beginning, you know? And I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Like, here it is. How stupid. How did I think I could create something, you know, this thing that doesn't exist yet that I, um, like a very wine based seltzer. I hadn't tried one yet. Like, what was I thinking? This is why they don't have one. Um, so I talked to the formulator and she's like, girl, this is round one. It's literally like, she's like, most people hate their product round one. And she's like, now go back and write. So I hadn't, they assigned me an all female team. That is so random. I was just going to say that. I mean, look at my prejudice and judgment. I'm like the formulator is a woman. I'm like totally seeing some guy tinkering in some lab. No, it's, it's unusual. So there are a lot of female formulators, but actually not that many. And especially to assign me a team of them. So I'm more, I was working about aligned and the vision and the universal forces. Everybody who's been like, Hey, I have someone for you. They've all turned out to be women. Every single person that I'm working with right down to my attorneys are all women. Um, It's literally like, that's why I'm just like, five. Okay. We're, we're here now for formulation. Then we did a round two and I'm like, okay, still really terrible. Let's keep going. And they let me know, like sometimes it's seven or eight um, samples until you kind of like hit the nail on the head. Just so you know how perfect I wanted it to be. Meaning I wanted to develop my favorite drink in the whole world, which I did. I think we're, I think we're 15 or 16 samples in like rounds. That doesn't even mean like samples in between. It just means rounds of like a product that we were like, okay, let's see if we can move forward with it. So I was super picky on that because I'm, I'm the consumer. This was, this is not about like, let's just come up with a product and get it out to market. Make sure it's really cute. I was like, no, I want an obsession worthy product. Oh, so (laughs) great. I want an obsession worthy product. Yes. I will tell you, I wanted to give up a couple times and not give up, but like settle. Cause I started to feel like I was pushing my boundaries a little bit, like with the, the formulator, um, you know, like when they're kind of like another round, even though they did not act that way, they're the most amazing people. But I started, I started inflicting that just like how, when you don't want to ask, we start inflicting our own pain of like, Oh, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't ask again. Maybe I shouldn't send that other email. That's what I was doing with these rounds. I was like, maybe I shouldn't ask for another round. This is good enough. Everywhere, right? You get your hair cut and you know, your stylist is like, is this good? You're like, 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 I want my bangs a little shorter. And then they're like, oh, is it too much? Like, but I still want them a little shorter, you know, but you're like, oh, it's fine. Or, or you You leave and you're pissed about it for like the next, until you get your hair cut again. (laughs) Right. That's exact. So that, that was the point where I was like, this is not a place. This is not the time to do that to yourself. So what I did is I was like, okay, 
I know that I'm going to need to get exactly what I want to feel great about this, to be able to ask for the money that I need, to be able to move forward in the, in the powerful way that I want to move forward. This is a part that I have to nail. And so I was like, what do you do if you have to keep asking? I was like, oh, you get extra, extra nice to that team. You like write them nice emails all the time. You like send them things. You keep them updated on how they're affecting everybody else and how exciting everything is. Yeah. And I can tell you that by doing that, they got so excited. They do. They're literally like, "What else do you need? What should we do it again?" Like, for you, literally the best. But I think there's those moments where we go to do that, and it's like, no, just just like how you know we were talking about asking for help. It's like ask nicer. Tell them how amazing they are. Tell them what you love about them. Tell them, you know, the, the, that you don't want to take a lot of their time. All of those things to remind yourself that it's like, no, this is what people want to do. People love being a part of something and treated nice. And yes, it might take a little longer, but then tell them why. Like enroll them on the vision that you do want to create your favorite drink. You know, oh, you mean be in a relationship with another human? Like that, that. <laughs> <laughs> rather than it's just all work or thinking that somebody's a robot or it's just like all about getting it done. Like actually it's a relationship. Yep. Million percent. Awesome. Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally. All right. So you're 15. So you, you know, you, you need this formula for, for what's it called again? For formulator formulator. All right. So you get like, and then what else is involved? It's, so layered. Um, what else is involved? I'm going to do like raising money. Yeah. Um, that in, in, I've never raised money before. Um, I have invested in four other companies, so I had a little bit of an idea about it. Um, and, and really I I've got a great circle of, of founders now, but I didn't have a lot of female founders. Um, every company I had invested in except for one was male and the, the female one was a little bit smaller. So it didn't have like the extensive like things that I knew that I would need to learn about with this company. So I have had some great men who are like so excited for me as a female founder um, to be to like step into this. So Chris and I um, had gone to lunch quite a few times with one person in particular, his name is Bill Glazer. He has a foods company called Outstanding Foods and he has just been like one of my angels. And from there, I also knew that I needed to talk to a lot of women because it's just, it's different, right? They, um, I want to know their experience as well and their ideas. So I started reaching out and this is where shit just got so real and scary because um, I needed to reach out to founders who did it, which mm -hmm. means I needed to reach out to women who were big, like who had sold companies or who, you know, we put on pedestals who are at the end of the day, again, someone to start a relationship with. And they're looking for relationships. It's crazy. It's crazy how we do that. We, we put people in a certain space and think that they're all set for life and they don't want friends or conversation or connection or collaboration. And I am blown away by how many female founders who I think a lot of us could, could name names and we would know them like are so open and giving and excited for you. Um, they want to make sure your path is, you know, maybe a little bit easier than theirs. So I, I started just like reaching out and something that I did, Gina was, um, you know, I, th I think people need to know how it works. They're like, yeah, well, maybe that's easy for you because they knew who you were or whatever. No, most of these people did not know who I was. I had started reaching out to, I, they didn't know me from Adam. Like I had started reaching out to them because maybe I would go and research and be like, what podcasts were they on? And then I'd listen to it and I'd share that podcast and not just share it or tag them, but share your biggest takeaway. So I'd be like, oh my God, you blew my mind with this, 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 and this. And I started doing that for like, I do it for weeks in a row. And this in particular was one person was like so powerful for me. So I, I listened to every podcast this person had been on and had like kept sharing it and kept talking about it. And then I was like, Hey, would you ever be interested in being on my podcast? And sure enough, booked, got booked. And then on the podcast, I was sharing this idea and at the end of the show, it's always like, I always ask, you know, what else can, is there anything that I can do for you? Um, you know, how can I like show up for you or serve you or whatever? And they asked that in return. And I was like, well, I would love, love, love a conversation around this because this is where I'm at in fundraising. Would you ever be willing to just like jump on the phone for 20 or 30 minutes? Sure enough. So, so nervous when you get those opportunities, but it, like, like you were talking about, you're building a relationship 
And even though this sounds like it took a long time, it really only was like three months. Look, you created the opportunity. I yeah. think that's the other thing that goes on for women. Like when they look at people like you and say, well, that just happened, make all these assumptions. Well, because Lori's famous or Lori, you know, whatever, like don't realize how much work we've put into. And it's not even that much work as you're talking about, but we have been bold enough to create opportunities so that we can get to the next level and the next level. It doesn't just always fall in our lap. None of it. Um, like, no, I, I can't stress this enough. Like, I, I love that you mentioned your favorite thing is the magazine covers because I was never asked to be on one of those. I pitched every single one of those at least five or ten. No times. way. At least one. I had been, I've never had an outreach from any of these people, not even the relationships I was already in, you know, because I had multiple covers with certain like magazines. They never asked me. I always came to them. So what I would do is when I would like, I, I'd either create something like um, an e-course or maybe it was a cookbook and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I have this community now. I created this cookbook. Um, I sold X, Y, and Z, which was not a lot at the time. Um, but you have to know what people are looking for. Um, and this is all about relationships and, and business. And we're really going to touch on this if you want to know how to get this done. I watched for years and I did it in the fitness world. I watched for years. I watched girls go, I just won this competition. I just got this photo shoot done. Aren't I amazing? Like, and, and don't get me wrong. I did it too. You know, look at these great pictures. Aren't I so fit? Oh my God. You look like everybody else. Like <laughs> we all just look fit. And like, you have to remember, this is a business. Like this magazine is feeding families. This magazine needs to sell subscriptions. This magazine wants to make money because that's its livelihood to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And so when you start looking at it like that, you're like, what do they need the most? Um, and sometimes you can ask that question, but a lot of times you can figure it out from being an outsider, whether this is a magazine, a business, a person, you need to start looking at what they're asking for, what they're promoting, what they're excited about. What is their thing right now? What do, what is their goal in life? So the goal of the magazine was to sell. So I thought they need people, they need numbers. Um, you know, whether it was something I just came out with or uh, a great way that I first got on a magazine was because I had joined a network marketing company a long time ago that I absolutely love. And I was getting the opportunity to speak on stage in front of 15,000 people. And they always do pictures and intros. And I said, Hey, I have this opportunity coming up. I'm speaking like, this is, this is going to be huge. Like I'm painting this picture, right? This is going to be huge. But I didn't know if it was going to be huge. I didn't know if my piece was going to be like, it wasn't a very big piece. It was like a 10 or 15 minute piece. And they didn't know that. <laughs> so I was like, I'm speaking on stage. What they do is they intro you with like your accolades and you know, what, what you're doing. I said, if we shot right now, I'd be able to get the magazine and put this in front of 15,000, like people who are into health, who are not exposed to your magazine. And they were like, hmm, that's interesting, right? This is like years ago before it was like, we could get exposed to our ideal audience in this way. This is like Facebook days, earlier, earlier Facebook days. And so that was intriguing to them. And I also told them like some other things that I would be willing to do. Like I'm going to mail to my list. I'll make sure that I get, you know, this friend, this friend, and this friend, maybe people who had a bit of an audience, like ask them to share. Um, you create a marketing plan, just like a book pitch. Um, for anyone who's not done that, I know that you have done that. It's not even just going to say it. Like, I don't know what your experience was, but for me working with a bigger like publisher, they, their goals sell books. They just say, right. They could have absolutely cared less what my book was about or the title. If I had a promise and proof of selling books, it could have been like how to eat a crap sandwich 20 different ways. And they would have been like, great. Awesome. I have no idea what this is about. Show me how you're going to sell this. Um, and so once you figure that out, you will start learning that you can get really creative with your pitches and you just start pitching. Like for my, I, I pitched for three years before I got a cover. Um, Stop it. I was Talk about perseverance. Oh my God. I was turned down more than you can ever imagine. I had one magazine tell me that I looked too exotic and they wanted the girl next door, which wouldn't fly now. I was like brunette back in the day and I'm, I'm native American. And they were like, no, our girl is a girl next door only. Like, I was like, 
oh, okay. We won't say who that is, but I was like, holy crap. Like, um, and they just kept telling me that it was, it was insane. I was like, okay, so what do I need to do to get on your magazine? So pivoted a little, went to a different magazine, but anyhow, it was just, it's really interesting how I think that is like the key to understanding how to not take things personal and how to become, if you truly have a vision and, and you want to nurture it and bring it about, it's not just about having more passion. It's not just about having a good story. It's, it's not just about thinking that you can start podcasting and talking about something or, you know, asking people to share your stuff. It's really like understanding that everybody has a business that they're running and everybody has a goal. And how does your vision fit into their goal? And until you can figure out how to make your vision a part of their vision, your vision will stay really small. I mean, I mean, and this is, and back to, this is the way of the feminine, you know, like the masculine is about the I and the feminine is about we. And mm -hmm. so like being in the collective and in the community and really looking at like, how can I contribute to your vision that yeah. is aligned with mine also is what just has everything explode become exponential, be so much more fun. We get out of these like voluntary isolations we put ourselves in. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. So speaking of the collective, let's talk about this conversation of women and in investing and letting money make money for us without, you know, most of the Divine Living listeners are in some form of service-based business. And you become passionate. You, you get into the work that you're doing because it is the passion. And if you're growing, your passions are going to evolve. And you know, for us to not always have to come up with the next program, the next event, even the next book, and to let our the money that we make be working for us is something that um, I know you're so passionate about with Light Pink, and so I'd love to open that up. Oh man, such a such a good topic in general because I was not privy to any conversation around investing or and I'm going to be so open and I think that so many women are going to relate right now um and and potentially men too but I thought that you know investing was for men. Like I just I hadn't met any women who were like, mm, "I'm a, you know, I invest in companies. I'm a savvy investor. I understand it." Like I didn't it just felt like a masculine conversation to me that like I it was over my head, if I'm being honest. Like I well, just, you're, like, you're past me with it. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, I didn't even think it was just for men. Like I just didn't even, it wasn't even in my solar system. Right. No, I mean, mine for a long time. Mm -hmm. The conversation started coming up for me because when you want to create a product and if you want it to be a product that is known in a big way, you want it in maybe retail stores, you want it to reach across the U.S., that is going to require a lot of capital. That's going to require a lot of money that you potentially, A, either don't have, B, don't want to part with through liquid if you're also investing in, in other things or you want to bring other people into the vision through investing so that they feel partial ownership of it. And um, there's some other things we can talk about why it can be really beneficial bringing other people into the vision as well for getting your vision out. So with that, I chose a product company that I wanted out in a big way. So I went for the big daddy because I guess why not? Why not just scare yourself completely? Um, but that was the vision. Everything else you've done has been just so small. Like Oh God. Well, you know, I went through that, that, that time period when I realized if you don't like, if you don't just go all in, you're really just, you're not getting like 5% of a vision that just feels like a tease. Um, so as far as investing, it was I just, that was it. I was like, okay, I'm going to need to learn all about this. And I'm still, there's so much to learn. I mean, I, I will probably never know even 70, 80%. And that's why you also get teams of lawyers and attorneys who can, who help you with all of that. We're excited, which by the way, like I said, are female, which is so incredibly cool. Yeah. So I think I forgot the first part of the question about investing. Oh, no, no. I just think it's important for women in this community to open up, because I know there's a lot of women at all different stages of business. Some are solopreneurs, some are business owners, some are company owners. And mm -hmm. I just wish it had been in my consciousness sooner. Even when I was a solopreneur and broke and in debt, as I started to make money, 
you know, there was a time like when I was getting out of debt and trying to make money, I was just spending every, everything I made. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is fun. Like, I'm like, and thought that that was real living. And I don't even mind they did it for a time, but I wish that I knew you don't have to actually decide, do I get the Jimmy Choo's or invest? You, mm-hmm. when you're smart about money and when we have access to the global marketplace, like the entrepreneurs that we are, you can do both. And I didn't get into investing, in my opinion, early enough and wish I had gotten started earlier. So that's just what I wanted to, to plug yes. in. It can be now that people are listening to this podcast, like it can be in anyone's realm. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to invest. Um, There's a lot of different things to invest in. It's kind of like the idea of, you know, for Chris and I, we had all of our eggs in one basket before and that basket got crushed. So that was a fast way of learning. When we lost our house, we lost our cars. We were $300,000 in debt back in 2008. Um, We were like, we're never going to just have one source of income. We will always spread it out. We will always have a potential something happening. Um, investing is really risky. And investing um, in a startup is one of the most high risk things that you can do. Um, we did it, we're doing, we're in it four times. It's also one of the biggest payouts you can ever get. So here was a question that I started asking and I was asking uh, Chris because he's he loves business so much. And I was like, how do people, like, how do you make more money past kind of like this, Uh, you know, six figures, early seven figures, because it's like, we were kind of hitting these seven figures, you know, we were hitting seven figures regularly, but it was exhausting. I was like, oh my God, these launches, this coaching, the events, the books, the I'm exhausted and I've got big dreams. And to be honest with you, like, and this is going to sound so crazy, especially coming from someone who's like from freaking upper Michigan and who's lost everything. But these seven figures is not cutting it with what I want to do for people. Well, um, coming from Southern Michigan, I call it middle-class millionaires. Like yeah. when you actually get clear, you know, and I, and I say that with reverence, I, I know where I came from. My parents were school teachers, live paycheck to paycheck, but for anyone who has dreams, like, I don't think your dreams are different than Lori's and mine. Like they might have different details, but they're not at a different level. Like we all want to live in the dream home. We all want to be able to travel when we can again, have clothes, give to charities, like have financial relaxation and team for support. So it adds up, you know, it adds up. Absolutely. I mean, you just, you, you nailed it right there. Like having a team alone and then, you know, you start doing the things that you want, like maybe taking care of your parents or, you know, being able to fly people out to your house, your family to come and see you. And you're like, huh, I really am enjoying this. I'd like to really do this all the time. Um, you know, little fun things or personal things or big things for yourself, whatever, whatever that carrot is. I always tell people just don't judge the carrot because eventually that money is like, it's going to be circulated. Number one, number two, once you kind of like fulfill all those things you think you wanted, you realize that it's way more fun to start fulfilling other people's things. Um, so with that said, I, I, I had asked that question and it, he was like, well, a lot of them are starting big companies or they're investing in companies and um, you know, this is how it works. And these are potential, you know, what certain companies are being bought for. Um, so that was really eye opening to me to be like, huh, I mean, you can potentially start a company, have, you know, a, a million dollars in sales, depending on what it is the first year, which to be honest with you, I know some people who, um, or I, I know people who do a million dollars in e-courses or a million dollars in books. So imagine having a product of sorts and doing a million dollars in sales the first year, which equals having a company depending on what they're being like evaluated at for like, now you have this company that's worth X. like immediately, which means eyes can start looking at you. Um, and the goal of a lot of companies is to either make money by selling a lot of your products. So making a lot of profit or to get acquired, mm-hmm. which means you do, um, let's say you've got really good sales for the first like one to five years, you start getting attention from much larger companies. So let's say you are, you have a cookie, you've got this Epic cookie recipe and all of a sudden you start hitting your direct to consumer online sales because you had a mommy blog and your mommy blog, like these chicks just went absolutely nuts for this cookie. Cause it's like a low cal cookie. And all of a sudden you've had these awesome sales for maybe the first year. And then the second year you make some sales goals because you had some sort of, you were just like, Oh my God, I wasn't expecting this. 
then you're three, you're like, you're making some good sales for someone who's selling cookies out of maybe a small shop. You know, you maybe have a small place that you're making them or your home or whatever that looks like. Um, and all of a sudden Nabisco's like, wait a second, this woman's getting a lot of eyes. Like maybe we check out her business because we know she wants to grow. Um, or we know she wants money. Like, let's go find out her goals. So Nabisco comes to you and they're like, Hmm, we think we really want this cookie because if we injected um, $10 million or $5 million into your company, we think that we could make X amount. We think we could make, you know, we could turn this into a $100 million company right away. And that is how it works. <laughs> and so, so exciting. Yeah, it's so exciting. And so I think it's, I think it's always looking at, um, you know, companies are getting acquired left and right right now. Um, especially alcohol companies um, and direct to consumer companies are are huge right now, you guys. So we just got a like the barrier of entry of starting a company. While it is extremely hard, um, we just got a beautiful blessing um, with COVID. If we're going to talk about blessings with it, because we talk about all the shit storms, why not talk about the blessings for a little bit? Blessing with the way that consumers are buying which now maybe you don't need, maybe you don't need to go to retail. Maybe you don't need to have conversations with, you know, all the targets and Walmarts and mom and pa shops and all the time that it'll take to make sure you set up your distribution and all of the things that need to happen for that. Maybe you just find someone who can ship from a warehouse that you keep all your product at direct to consumer. So we just took out like layers and layers and layers because of how the consumer is now buying online. So it's really interesting. It's a cool, cool time. So many options and just such kudos to you. You know, when, when I heard that, like, I mean, this is like such, as we've been discussing, such a massive endeavor, so bold, such big thinking and takes big money to do Mm -hmm. that. And obviously raising money. So anybody else I'm sure would just be like, who do I know that can invest or does invest or has the money to invest and you're going to take it wherever you can get it from would i would think most people would say to themselves like i want my dream off the ground wherever the money can come from ethically of course but i'll take it and here as if you're not bold enough you're only taking female investors on top of it talk to us about that (sighs) that was i'm not gonna lie and i just got Full body chills. It kind of makes me want to cry. Um, I had my moments of total fear and doubt. Like, oh my God, I don't know if the women that I know have this money. And I don't know if they're willing to do this because I would say 90% are new to investing or this conversation even, which was even more so the reason why I knew I had to do it. And then I, here's the thing. And I'm going to be like, this is just that moment of I have men in my life who are really good friends who could totally fund this. Like in that's the thing, we all know your network. Like you could make a hand. Like when I worked at the White House, they said anything you want is five phone calls away. Like you could go and make those phone calls and be done. And look at you. I and it's crazy. It's it feels weird to even say that, which is such a blessing. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I'm getting that feeling where I know I'm supposed to do women. And while I was like, while it was a bit like not dread, it was more fear, right? It was more like, am I going to be able to do this? How long will it take? Will they believe in me? Are they going to, you want to, you want to know my real fear? Are they going to come to me? You know, maybe times get even more tough in the world. Are they going to come and be like, where's my investment? Like, what are you doing with it? And, you know, I, I work really in a, in a way that doesn't work well with that, meaning like that really messes with my like energy and flow of where I know the ideas and the energy comes from to be able to get this company to where it needs to be. So I was a little worried like that there would be an energy with it. And I thought, okay, how, so how do I support myself around this fear? Cause that's what I've always asked myself. All right. Number one, you're going to get on the phone with women. And if that's the vibe you're getting, they're not going to be your investor because that's absolutely not what you want. And every single phone call I have, I always say, I want to just either start or I end with, hey, just so you know, um, investing in startups is one of the most high risk things that you could possibly do. You may never see this money ever again. So what I need to do to feel totally clear and in alignment is to let you know that you're coming along this journey. This is going to be like the most beautiful mastermind crash course in investing in products 
in collaboration, in what it looks like to take something to market. I said, so it really, the way that I look at investing is it's a huge mastermind and opportunity in like college and growth. So everybody that's come on is like, yes, got it. I know that. I believe that. This is something that I think I might want to do in the future. So I'm coming along to see the back end of it. And that's how we're setting this up. There's different ways that you can come in, meaning not everybody does this. There aren't like levels at all, but I have some different perks for just amounts that you're investing that if you're maybe a notch up from the entry level investor, which is still such a serious investment, that you get to see a bit more of the back end, that you're there for some of the planning sessions, that you're there for some of the strategy sessions. Most companies will not allow you to do that at all because they want to be able to operate in their own way no matter what, which that's still what we're doing. But I want input of what my consumer, because my consumer is my investor, um, which is super exciting too. So long story short for that. <laughs> oh, Lori, your big thinking, your vulnerability, your own willing to take risks and just pivot and shake it up and renew and refresh. I mean, it's just, it's so inspiring. It's so what I, I know I need. I know this audience is going to go nuts. Thank you so much for all of your time. So where can everyone find you, stay in touch, find light pink, all the things. Oh my God. So thank you so much for having me. Like you have been such a cheerleader. You're so much fun to watch, like the way that you lead women. You are so crazy, like inclusive. I just like, I think you're freaking amazing. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, and you did say rosé. So <laughs> it was, you, you found the, the right brand alignment here, Lori. <laughs> but keep yeah, exactly. Find you. Yep. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I speak to my people. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. You can find, um, honestly, I'm most excited right now about Light Pink. So at Drink Light Pink is where I'm having a lot of fun over there on social media. Lightpink.com is where you can find out a little bit more about the company we're launching. We are praying for a February launch direct to consumer. So you can get it online at lightpink.com. Um, yeah, cannot wait. So we have a non-alcoholic version as well um, so that everybody can come to the party. Yeah. So good. So good. So everyone, I want you to screenshot this episode and I want you to tag me, Lori, and at Light Pink and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. We're going to be watching and, and seeing and we just want this to uplift you and inspire you to think even bigger for yourself, no matter where you're in in business or what your business dreams are or next level is. And again, Lori, thank you so much. It's just always such a joy to be in your presence. Thank you so much. I loved it. Lots of love, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, Queen, I hope you loved this episode as much as I loved sharing it with you. And if you want to connect more and be the first to know what's coming up in all things Gina DeBee and the world of divine living, text me. My number is 1-310-421-0704. That's 310-421-0704 if you live in the United States or Canada. Once I put your number in my context, get ready to receive motivation, queen tips, BTS, sneak peeks, and all the good stuff right in your texts.